0: Chapter 5 of Tad Coon's Great Adventure. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Tad Coon's Great Adventure by John Breck why louis thompson whistled all night long tad coon kept still in his cage down in the dark smelly cellar he wasn't waiting for a mouse to come and nibble his bread they'd learned it wasn't safe to do that he was trying not to wake nibble rabbit's poor little bunny all night He watched those mice scuttling about the floor with his mouth just watering. He was so dreadfully hungry. He didn't have enough to eat, and it didn't agree with him. And the damp air made his bones ache. It was worse yet when a rat came snooping in and caught one of the mice. He ate part of it and then left it lying right under tad coon's hungry whiskers but it was worse of all when that rat began to gnaw the bunny's box tad shook his bars and chattered at him go away go away you brute or i'll trim your ugly whiskers Yeah, sneered the rat a lot you'll do You'll die pretty soon, and when they throw you out on the rubbish pile, I'll be the one who eats you. Then he peered at the bunny. I won't bother to gnaw in and get her, said he. They'll throw her out in the morning. She's dead already. my, but Tad was sorry, but the rat was mistaken the bunny wasn't dead she was just stretched out because she felt too weak to sit up any more and tad had waked up louis thompson with his snarling and shaking the little boy looked in at tad tad glared back and growled at him he gnashed his teeth when louis tried the door to be sure it was locked you're a horrid, hateful thing, Louie snapped crossly. But he didn't feel that way about the little rabbit. He picked her up out of the box, and she tried to curl up in his hand again, for it was the warmest thing she'd felt since she left her mammy silk ears. That was too much for Louie. She was still trusting him. He felt a choke in his throat. Don't die, bunny, he almost sobbed. Please don't die. I didn't know you were too little to leave your mother. If I take you home, maybe she'll find you. So he covered her up all warm and snug in his hands and began to run he ran away down to the end of dr muskrat's pond where it goes under the woods bridge he didn't put her down in the road where he found her even a boy knew that was no place for bunnies he took her across the fence and laid her down where she could hide under the edge of the very same stone that belonged to the hop toad then he went back to the fence to watch when she found herself all alone the poor baby began to call out in her weak voice mammy mammy of course the hop toad heard out he came scrambling he took just one look at nibble rabbit's bad baby and then off he went in the biggest kind of hop hurry after nibble did you ever see a hop-toad in a hurry he doesn't hurry very often and he doesn't hurry very fast but he makes an awful fuss about it he gulps a great big breath and then he shuts his mouth tight, tight, and flops along as hard as ever he can, because when he's used up that mouthful of breath, he'll have to stop and gulp another. That was the way the hop toad hurried when he went to find Nibble, but he didn't have to hop so very far because Bob White Quail was scratching about in his thicket the hop-toad took two big gulps and then he had breath enough to gasp fly quick tell nibble rabbit i've found his lost bunny and bob white didn't stop to ask any questions he flew it seemed a long time to the poor cold hungry little bunny she lay there under the edge of the hop-toad's stone, calling her Mammy, for she didn't know where the hop-toad had gone. But I can tell you, it seemed a lot longer to Louis Thompson. He was sitting on the fence, feeling very sorry that he'd picked up that cunning little rabbit and take it at home with him. And she wasn't wishing her mother would come any harder than he was. Then, ka-flickit, ka ka-flick ka ka-flick came furry footsteps. Silk ears came leaping over the tops of the grasses, faster than nibble ever ran, even when glider the black snake was after him faster than bob white quail can fly she came as fast as a fish darting across dr muskrat's pond and four other little bunnies came swishing through the grasses behind her they couldn't begin to follow her tail they had to follow nibbles in just about two licks of a tongue silkers had that lost bunny cuddled down beside her and was feeding her my how that hungry baby did eat she ate and ate with her little eyes shut too busy to pay any attention to her brothers and sisters or to nibble or even to that very nice hop toad her little sides grew fatter and fatter by and by she felt so fat she had to roll over on her side and the first thing anybody knew she was asleep right there in the sun no place in the world for a sleepy bunny but there she dozed and nothing troubled her not even a buzzy fly because the hop toad soon gulped him in tommy peel's woods and fields were all quiet and peaceful even louis thompson tried not to wiggle for fear of disturbing them but the top rail of that fence wasn't any too comfortable and the flies buzzed about his ears because he hadn't any hop toad to gulp them and at last a mosquito stabbed its stinger into his cheek slap you ought to have seen those rabbits scuttle home and the little lost bunny ran just about as fast as the rest so louis didn't care he put his hands into his pockets and went off home Whistling as gaily as a fiery-colored oriole, he whistled so loud that all the birds stopped to listen. He didn't know just why he felt like whistling. He got to thinking about that coon he caught in his corn crib. He'd had it in a cage for ever and ever so long, and it was crosser than ever but he didn't stop whistling he went right down into his cellar leaving the cellar door wide open behind him then he opened the door of the cage where he had tad coon get along you bitey old thing he said i don't want any pets they're too much trouble tad coon sat back in a corner, snarling. He didn't believe Louie meant to be kind to anything. He just guessed that the minute he poked his nose out, Louie'd hit him with something. Then he'd be thrown out on the rubbish pile and nibble rabbit's baby bunny, and the rats would eat him. He thought, of course, Louie had tilled it, Because all the woods folk knew he was always killing things. Sure enough, Louis picked up a stick and poked him in the ribs. Hey, you he shouted crossly, get out of there, get a wiggle on. Tad grabbed that stick with his teeth and his handy paws and snatched it right out of Louis's hands. Then maybe he didn't run bounce he hit the cellar floor he hit the cellar steps just twice blam blam louis came out and watched him gallop across the garden when he disappeared into the cornfield he was still running pretty soon louis saw him sneak under the fence into tommy peel's potato patch huh he grunted disgustedly tommy can have his cranky old coon if he wants him he was just pretending he didn't want tad he did all the same he felt so sorry he stopped whistling he just wanted him so much that he climbed up on the fence to see the last of him, and what do you suppose Tad Coon was doing? He was lying on his back in the nice, warm earth, wriggling and squirming. My, how good that felt when he jumped up again, he was actually smiling. he scrubbed his face and ears all neat and clean and he fluffed out his tail and he didn't look a bit like the snarly beast who'd been living with louis thompson he looked like the smarty one who had been playing with tommy peel's watch and chain the day tommy and tad coon and stripes skunk and nibble rabbit and dr muskrat all went fishing and when louis thompson saw how happy he was why he just began whistling all over again louder than ever but still he didn't know why chapter five